0: Welcome to another edition of Divine War Ninjutsu Podcast. I am Shihan Jason Steves. For the June 2018 edition of the podcast, this is episode number 11. And today we have again with us Dai Phil Lagar, who's living in Tokyo, Japan. And it just so happens that he's available today for another interview. This is not connected to the last one we did and it is not a continuation necessarily. It is independent. He just happened to be available, so we have him here. Please welcome Dashihan Filigar. Go ahead, sir.
1: Awesome. So what are we going to talk about today? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> um, so it's a morning here in Tokyo. And a beautiful day. The weather's starting to get nice uh, in Japan. So if you're planning to come over uh, anytime in the near future just to let you know that rainy season has not quite started yet so it'd be a good time uh, to come to Japan it's not too hot and not too cold uh, unfortunately homebu is extremely crowded this time of year because everybody knows this is probably one of the best times to come to Japan for training at least weather you know weather wise we just uh, had the cherry blossoms and uh, if you're, you know, not familiar <clears throat> with when that happens, it's uh, always the end of uh, March, beginning of April. Usually is when that happens. And this year, weather's been a little bit warmer, so the cherries came out about a week earlier than than had been anticipated. Uh, but you know, as beautiful as that time of year is here, when the cherries pop out. It's really also a horrible time if you have allergies. So we start off with, uh, I think, cedar pollen in February. And then in uh, March, you get the cherries and the plum trees all popping out. And then right after that is uh, the cypress trees. Their, their uh, unique pollen comes out. <clears throat> and oh, yeah, this year we had, uh, we had, uh, they call it yellow dust off the Gobi Desert, uh, winds off the desert in China, or the Gobi, rather, Mongolia, uh, send, uh, dirt and dust and pollen and whatnot debris this way. <clears throat> so this year was pretty bad for all that, and, uh, if you're like me and kind of suffer from, uh, some, some allergies, uh, it can be a tough time of year. Just wanted to mention that to you in case, like, you're thinking about coming over during, uh, the cherry blossom season or, you know, just before, just after it. So right at this moment, uh, that's all going away and, um, uh, the, Allergens are starting to dissipate in the air, but it, they won't be totally gone until uh, the rain hits us in uh, what we call suyu or the rainy season, monsoon season. So you can probably hear a little bit in my voice. I've got a little bit of you can maybe tell I've got a little bit of the allergy stuff going on with my sinuses right now. So <clears throat> good time to come, though, uh, because of uh, it's not too hot, not too cold. But uh, it, it is very crowded in Hombu. Uh, we've recently had a lot of Argentinians show up, uh, a bunch of Spaniards, a uh, bunch of folks from Germany coming in. Uh, so, you know, it's the kind of the usual rotation, but um, uh, it's nice to see Juan, Juan here from Argentina. So... I keep getting um, emails and calls and instant messages and see it on Facebook pop up all the time about uh, memberships. I don't really know why this is happening. Well, I guess I do know a little bit about why it's happening, but it's very frustrating for me that it continues to, be a topic of discussion, and that some people uh, have not really figured it out or understood what it means. In December, Hatsumi Sensei said there will be no more Bujin Khan Yellow Card Memberships. That's the 2,000 yen yellow cards that you would send in for and get, and therefore, Your students who are, or you or your students who are below the rank of fifth Don, right? Or not a Shidoshi, not a Shidoshi or Shidoshi Ho. Shidoshi Ho stopped a couple years ago. He's not been issuing those anymore that I know of. Um, We put that out quite a while ago that they've stopped. So the only memberships that we had were the annual. A yellow membership card for below the rank of fifth don, and then a Shidoshi Kai membership card, which was a 15,000 yen a year membership uh, fee for anyone that had passed the Godon test. And it, that one was meant for to show that you were a Shidoshi in good standing and you could order promotions and whatnot. Uh, patches and all that kind of stuff from Hatsumi sensei at the Shidoshi price. That's what that the Shidoshi Kai card was all about. It was to recognize that you are a Shidoshi or instructor in good standing in the Bujinkan and that you could get promotions, for example, uh, instead of. Uh well, instead of paying a member price for a Q rank or something, you would pay a shidoshi price for a Q rank. So if you look in the rules of the Bujinkan, you there was something in there about uh, shidoshi. Only shidoshi can get the shidoshi price from from uh, the admins from Hombu on promotions and. Patches and things of that nature. In that, <clears throat> we were supposed to charge double to our students. So if uh, I promoted someone to ninth queue, I could get their queue uh, blank queue certificate for fifteen hundred yen from Hombu because I was a shidoshi in good standing. And I could turn around and sell that, or charge my student uh three thousand yen, or say thirty-five dollars for that promote that same promotion, right? And then yeah, that's the same for shodan, Don sandan, yondan, uh, whatnot. So you could, you were allowed to charge, <coughs> and actually encouraged to charge double the Shidoshi price for any of those promotions. And the reason you're encouraged that is so that, uh, there wasn't dissension within say the Bujinkan, like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I don't, Phil doesn't think that's fair. So he just charges his students, um, you know, $16 for a $15 promotion or something like that. And then, Somebody else is charging like forty dollars for a promotion, and and then students get to talking, and well, I got I had to pay this, and well, I had to pay that. <clears throat> so in order to uh, kind of keep it level playing field, so okay, put out the blanket. Well, you should be you should be charging about double, and this gets to be pretty pricey when you're talking about say fourth don. It's fourth Don is uh, 20,000 yen for the Shidoshi price. So that means I would be charging $400 for that promotion uh, normally. But then they go down, right? So um, when you pass your Godon test, up until recently, Godon all the way up to 15th Don were the same price, which is 30,000 yen or about $300 U.S. And it's kind of a unwritten rule that you don't say, I uh, give the Godon test to somebody and they, they pass and I get their Godon certificate. I'm not going to charge them double the cost for that. Or if I promote somebody to not eighth on or ninth on, I'm not going to charge double the 30,000 yen cost. <coughs> so because at that point, at least in my mind, You are a Shidoshi at that point. When you pass the Godon test, then you are, for all intents and purposes, a Shidoshi as well. And so, you, I mean, for me, I always just charge the same price, the Shidoshi price. Now, what I do do is for people that I get promotions and things for, for them, if you, uh, out there listening are, are somebody that, actually sends me requests for promotions like Phil, can you pick up these 20 Q grades and can you get a showdown for me and blah, blah, blah. If I'm getting that for you, then I will uh, charge you the Shidoshi price plus 20% of whatever that is. So if it's say 10 Q ranks, that's 15,000 yen, which is the Shidoshi price. And I would charge you an additional, say, 3,000 yen on top of that, and that's for my time and effort—me to actually go to Hombu, get those things for you, and then turn around and mail them back to you. So uh, that—that is um, how things have worked over the years, and that was the reason behind having a Shidoshikai Minkyo or uh, shidoshi kai uh, minkyo and then a shidoshi i'm sorry let me restate that shidoshi minkyo <coughs> not kai but minkyo shidoshi minkyo and then being in the shidoshi kai it was um, telling Soka, hey thank you for allowing me to continue to be a shidoshi in the bujinkan and Here's my annual membership fee so that I can continue to get the membership, the Shidoshi uh, price, right? So that was the idea behind that. Uh, When since I decided to not do that anymore, you know, it kind of caused a lot of confusion, right? How do I prove that I'm a Shidoshi in good standing? So... It's kind of the same it's always been. You're supposed to send in a copy of your Godon certificate, not your Shidoshi Menkyo, but your Godon certificate. And if you can't find it, then your Shidoshi certificate, because technically you would have gotten them around the same time. And that's the reason for that is because that's how you're categorized in the books. You're prioritized uh, by book by what year you took the Godon test. And also, if you took the godon test in Japan, you're in one place. but if you took it outside of your Japan, you're also written in another location another book that just is that is just for uh, people that pass the godon test outside of Japan or not in view of hatsumi Sensei. So if it couldn't get any more complicated, right? <clears throat> these are. Paper books, scrapbooks, basically, that Sensei will glue a picture of you in, well, the admin will glue a picture of you into the book and write down your information, uh, your address, where you're from, and when you took the down test, that kind of thing, in this scrapbook. And then you're, that's how you're categorized. So, Say you took a Godon test 15 years ago, you're in the book for whatever year that was or a couple of years that was. <clears throat> so sending a copy of your Godon certificate or Shidoshi's uh, menkyo uh, if you can't find your Godon certificate, uh, there's a date on there of when you took it or when you were awarded it. And that date corresponds to what book you're in. And the and the admins can find it. So if they see oh it's a uh, six you know six June uh uh 2003, then they'll go to the 2003 book and flip through till they find kind of the June you know March April May June, and then they'll find your picture hopefully in there or your name written in there, and they'll be able to. Identified you as someone who is at least a, a godon, and generally, what they do in there also is if I, if I say recommend you for ninth on or tenth on or whatever, <clears throat> they will go to your place in the books and they'll write down on this day 2018, uh, the individual was promoted to judon or ninth on or whatever. So there's a kind of a written record. It doesn't happen every time, but uh, generally that's the way it's supposed to work. So if I'm promoting one of you that are listening to a night dawn, then I want a copy of your Godon certificate to send them, uh, the admins. And I'll have a copy of my own Godon certificate that I send to the admins so one, they find me in the books and go, oh, yeah, Phil's a legitimate Shidoshi. So he can get the Shidoshi price. And number two, uh, you are, uh, okay, you're above the rank of Godon, and we can annotate in the book that you are now a ninth Don, right? So in a kind of a uh, pre-digital age way, this is uh, how Sensei, who doesn't trust the internet, by the way, Uh, this is how he keeps track of who's promoted and when it's not a, it's not a um, without errors. Right. And unfortunately I've been there in the office uh, and it's taken maybe an hour to find somebody in the books this way. Uh, For example, uh, one of my, Student friends, uh, White Eagle, his name was uh, spelled one way in, uh, in uh, the way I spelled it. Uh, when I went to go uh, get his promotion, when I get, went to give it to the admins, we spelled it one way. And looking at it in English, uh, they looked it up and couldn't find it. And that's because in the books, they spelled His name, long time ago, when he passed the Godon test, spelled it a different way. And it just uh, didn't have, we didn't have the date of his test uh, readily available. Uh, Well, actually, I think we did, but he took the test outside of Japan, and that was the critical information. That and the name was spelled differently. And so they couldn't quickly find it. So it took uh, probably about 45 minutes to an hour to. Find where his name was uh, properly recorded, and when they found it, they just quickly changed it, changed it so that it could find it in the future. Um, but that's a typical thing, and that's uh, I mean that happens every single time. Uh, I they, the admins work on somebody's uh, promotion orders. There's going to be one in that order that they just can't find. Or somebody that day they just won't be able to find them and it just takes forever to go through the logs this way and you know uh, manually you can say wow wouldn't it be nice why can't since I go into the modern age wouldn't it be nice to automate all that and just have a spreadsheet and that kind of thing yeah so this is a guy that does not trust the internet and does not trust computers doesn't want to put anything in a computer, uh doesn't want to automate anything. And you know, that's what we have until uh until you know that changes until the next Sokay, I guess. Uh that's the way we have to do it. And we have to respect Soke that way for that. And this is another reason for the confusion of no more memberships, right? Because since they told us explicitly do not tell people over the internet about this. Let them find out word of mouth. And you see that just wasn't going to happen, right? So if uh, I just tell people word of mouth, then when I see them or when they actually come to Japan and they find out about there's no more memberships, well, what do you think they're going to do uh, until they hear that, right, uh, word of mouth? People are going to send in for those memberships, which is exactly what people did. People continue to send in for memberships because they either didn't believe uh, that there were no more memberships or they wanted to be the last one to get their membership card or, uh, you know, they didn't uh, they didn't hear that that was the case. Of course, you have people send in for membership cards, maybe starting in October, November of last year. Which, uh, you know, trying to get early uh, for the new year and be respectful and all that, which is cool. What do you do about them? Well, since Sensei, back in October, November, was sending out membership cards, I think. Um, and the... Kind of the funny thing was, that Mark saw this, was you know, towards the end of the year or the beginning of the new year, <clears throat> there was no stamp to go on the membership cards for the 20, you know, good for 2018. Right. The uh, little stamp that they usually would stamp the yellow cards with. So there was there were yellow cards left over, but they were blanks. They weren't stamped with the new year, right, because there was no stamp. And so Sensei said, well, I don't have a stamp, so I'm just not going to have memberships anymore. Well, he still had some of those member cards. And so some of you may listening, have gotten your 2018 member cards, but they were blank. They just weren't uh, marked with the year. Because they don't have a, he doesn't have a stamp in the home booth. And Sensei was, well, you know, it was very frustrating for me because he's telling me, nope, no more nursery cards, tell everybody. And then I'm telling everybody. And then, oh, by the way, uh, yeah, we found uh, 25 cards, so we sent them to so-and-so. You know, they're blank, but instead of sending that person's money back for the 25 cards, we just and say there's no more card, we just send in these blanks, and then they can fill it in and give it to their student. Yeah, So that kind of thing has happened a couple of times, uh, at least, that I know of. And so it's kind of frustrating when you're being told there's no more member cards and make sure everybody knows about it. By the way, word of mouth, <laughs> and which I'm doing today, by the way. right? This is word of mouth. Um, I'm just using a computer to do it. And, and then he turns around and they send member cards out to a select number of people. And so you probably sitting there drinking your beer, listening to me yammer on about this going, well, how come I can't get my membership cards then? If he's sending them out to some people, why can't I get one? Right. And why shouldn't I go ahead and send in for them? And you know, I, I guess that's a valid, that's a valid, um, idea or thought that I I certainly wanted to have one more Shidoshi Kai membership card just to show that I've had a member, I've been a member of uh, Shidoshi Kai since 87 until uh, 2018, right? Uninterrupted, got a card for every single year. And why not have one more, right? I mean, Sensei's still around, so, uh, it's kind of frustrating for that, but that's the way it is. So, there are no more yellow cards being given out by Homebu from Sensei that I know of. Unless, unless they find some more blanks and the admin just decided it's easier to mail the blanks to the individual rather than send their money back to them. You may have one or two cases like that that, is, that may have been happening. Uh, unless it's that, then there are no more member cards. So please don't write Sensei and ask for memberships and and tell him, because Phil said you got some blank ones left over, so please send me some. Please don't do that. Uh, I don't know if there are any blanks left or not. I suspect they've, the blanks that were left over that were surplus have all been given out by now. So the no more memberships and then no more Shidoshi Kai. So how, how do you prove that you're a Shidoshi in good standing uh, when you're ordering promotions is kind of an interesting thing, yet uh, I thought, wow, that would be one reason to keep a Shidoshi Kai membership card, right? But if you, those of you that are Shidoshi, remember, um, you never really had to show it before anyway. The only time that I ever recall having to show my Shidoshi Kai member card was going to one of the luncheons, one of the Shidoshi Kai lunches. Right. If you, some of you may recall that those, most of those were shidoshi only, and you had to show your card. At least, at least in the last few years, you'd have to show your card in order to be able to attend. <clears throat> With the new year, Soke said, "There's no more shidoshi Kai, no more shidoshi association." or members of a group, a Kai, you're just Buyu. We are all part of the Buyu. So he disbanded the Shidoshi Kai as a member group and said he wants everyone to be, consider themselves in the Buyu, or martial arts fellowship. And you see uh, on the screen there, there's a photo of uh, my of me receiving the Buyu Show Award, which was the first one that Soke gave out, and that was in March, actually on March uh, 11th, uh, anniversary of the uh, Fukushima incident, and uh, saying that I am the first uh, Buyu Show or the first one to receive this Buyu Show Award And it signifies that there's no more Shidoshi Kai and no more Shidoshi Association. And Soke went on. You can probably watch the video. The the video's out there of me receiving that award and what Soke said about it. And the reasoning behind that is that he doesn't want to have an elite organization within the Bujinkan anymore. Of shidoshi only members, he wants the bujinkan to be for everyone, not just senior people, not just uh, shidoshi or whatever. So he wants the gatherings, the parties that he has every couple of months, to be all inclusive, to have everyone, green belt, white belt, whatever, be able to attend that. If you've got a bujinkan patch on your Gee, if you're training there at Hombu, you pay to train at homebu, train with him, then you should be able to go to the lunch or go to these parties. And that's kind of his idea of how to rebuild or create a more complete community in the Bujinkan without requiring you to be a member of said group. So if you look at it that way, There was a member, you could be a member of a, of a below the rank of 5th Don, or you could be a member of 5th Don and above of that group, right, but there was no uh, evidence that you're a member of both, or you could be all inclusive, right, they were stratified. So since just broke that paradigm, he decided that in his last couple of years as a Soke, you know, he wants to make the Bujinkan for everyone. And if you recall me talking about this quite a while ago, uh, Sensei was saying that the Bujinkan is for everyone and the training at Hombu is going to focus more on the junior grades and not so much on the senior rank people in the future. And this is kind of uh, evidence of that. The Bujin Khan itself, the membership has gone away, and it's you know, Bujin Khan itself is going to focus on everyone rather than on just one uh, group. I can't say that the training has changed uh, very much in Honbu, um, other than a couple of uh, pieces of artifact. He is He has started to have somebody do warm-ups now prior to him arriving at homebu, Somebody will do the warm-ups generally, or when Sensei arrives, he will have somebody uh, uh, do warm-ups for the whole dojo, everybody present for the first few minutes. And he's made a comment that warm ups are very important and should be. Um, I won't say that it should be Kionapo and the Sanshin, but that's the idea. And in, in fact, uh, I've done it done it a couple of times. And since he likes that, seems to like that I do the Kionapo or the, the Sanshin as a warm up uh, before he starts. He's also had, uh, I've noticed, uh, somebody like Tezuka will get out and he'll say, show three things. So he'll show three variations of one, say one technique. He'll do it to the right arm. He'll throw the person down using the right arm. Then he'll, then he'll do the leg. Then he'll do the left arm or something like that. So, so he'll sort of show three variations of a similar technique. And he says, that's good warm up. Right. And so everybody just practiced that as a warm up. So that's kind of interesting that he's doing that lately. Uh, and he's also shown some things that I would kind of consider like really basic, like how to draw a sword. He spent a lot of time showing the uh Su san Takumi, uh, Takumi-san, the Jiraiya actor, how to draw a sword, a proper, uh, how to properly draw a Japanese sword. And then he went on to show how to make it dramatic, you know, for TV and stuff. But he spent quite a bit of time just showing basic draw. And a basic strike uh, with a bow and uh, with a long bow. And then how to turn your hand over with the bow. Like uh, we're going, wow, this is pretty basic. And uh, you know, I wonder why he's just showing us how to twist with the bow for so long or draw a sword for so long. And uh, the only thing I could think of is he's trying to teach everybody that you look around the room and see that there may be some green belts in the dojo that uh, uh, need to get this training and he'll show it. So the warmups and then showing some basic things uh, during training are two artifacts that that uh, indicate to me anyway that training is uh, he's trying to make training a bit more inclusive. So no members, no Shidoshikai there. A couple months ago, he was saying that there are. Um, there are Daishi Han in 55 countries, and isn't that great? And the Daishi are allowed to do their own membership for their own groups in their own countries or whatever they want to do on their own. That has somehow been misconstrued by some people to mean A a Daishihan in Country X is going to charge membership fee and uh, even a Shidoshikai fee for people in their group or their country or their continent. And somehow that's a Hombu, that's a Bujinkan membership or a Bujinkan Shidoshi Kai membership and with the kind of illusion maybe that that individual is going to give sensei the money or send that money to sensei and somehow be recognized. Uh, I just, uh, I just can't believe that. I just can't believe how that can go over, how that will work. Let me again reiterate, and, you know, probably the people listening that are dialed in right now don't have this problem or misconception. You guys probably understand this. So I'm probably preaching to the choir on this, but uh, hopefully the word will get back to those who are misconstruing this or have this misunderstanding. There are no more Bujinkan Homebu membership, period, memberships. There are no more Bujinkan homebu Shidoshi Kai memberships, period. Since they would like to raise a whole lot of money to leave a legacy behind for a museum or something. That's not what memberships are supposed to be for, you know, if you're collecting memberships in your own country. <clears throat> Don't put those two together. You may have heard him saying, yeah, I'd really like to, uh, i really like to raise a bunch of money to um, build a museum. So if you're a Daishian in a foreign country or you know, whatever, <clears throat> and you want to have your membership, For your group, you know, the – so Ishizuka has a membership for his organization now. He's the only Japanese that I know that that is doing that. If you want to join Ishizuka's dojo and show that you're a, you know, life member in his group, fine. And if he wants to then take the money that he raises from those membership – from charging a membership fee to be in – Ishizuka Dojo, and he wants to give that money to Hatsumi sensei for uh, whatever purposes for a museum. That's fine, too. Great. Knock yourself out. But what is been made explicitly clear and even by Ishizuka is you don't have to be a member in his group to train in Honbu. You do not have to join his association to still receive training in the Bujinkan. And in fact, I think you can even go to his class and not be a member, right? Uh, He will not turn you away as long as you pay for training. So that's as clear as I can make it. For the Shidoshi Kai, there's one group that I know of It's uh, one Daishion is saying hey be a be a part of my shidoshi kai association in europe since they didn't explicitly say no to that what he said was daishion can do charge their own memberships so technically that individual can certainly is welcome to have his own group of instructors members within his organization it'd be like uh, i guess me saying all oh, takasegi if you're in part of my takasegi group or want to be or want to be affiliated with me and you're a Godon or above then pay me Pay me 150 bucks and I'll give you a cool looking membership card and you can be a part of that. You'd be a part of the Takasegi Shidoshikai. You're not a part of the Bujinkan Shidoshikai. You would be a part of the Takasegi Shidoshikai if I were to do something like that. Is there value in that? I, I don't know. I don't see any value in that. That's why me personally, the my Takasegi group, no, we don't have a member card, we don't have a Shidoshi Association affiliated with with that. Um, if we did, I would charge you a thousand bucks. Right? <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, I don't see any value in that, right? Maybe someday after Soke's gone. Uh, Depending on what happens to the Bujinkan, would I see value in having members? I don't know, maybe, but uh, certainly today I don't see any value in that. And the very fact that Sensei disbanded the Shidoshi Kai in favor of a Buyu Kai should tell you and others listening or should tell anyone that Maybe there should not be a Shidoshikai anywhere. I don't, it certainly would tell me that, oh, Phil, okay, there's no more Shidoshikai in the Bujinkan, so why don't you go ahead and create your own Shidoshikai? No, it's not a vacuum that I need to fill. It would tell me that Sensei doesn't want to have a Shidoshikai. He doesn't want to be exclusive or uh, exclude other people and he wants to create a boo you. So why have a separate elitist member card or member member association? Right. That makes a lot of sense to me to not. Go around and then create another one. Right. When he has just. Disbanded that. And so it's Maybe. I don't know. I'm not that smart. I'm not sure why I'm the only one on the planet that gets it. But uh, and I'm ranting and raving right now, it's kind of like a Don Raleigh. Uh I just don't understand why people don't get it. And I'm continually amazed when I get emails or or notes from people saying, uh, geez, uh, are you saying that I don't have to be a member in a Shidoshikai in order to, still get promotions, or are you saying that I, uh, uh, do I have to belong to some other Dai Shihan's group in order to get promotions or to train in the Bujinkan, like, uh, no. So I don't know how much clear I can be on that. So I'm going to stop talking for a minute, uh, see if there are any questions. I will take any question, remaining questions you may have about this whole membership thing before I move on to anything else. You know, there are no such thing as dumb questions. Well, actually there are dumb questions.
0: If people are not Bujinkan and say they're training in a different style altogether, not related to Ninjutsu, can they still come to the Honbu in Japan and train there?
1: Why not? Why wouldn't they? right, uh, we've Always been able to have people from other groups come in and uh, and train in the Bujinkan as long as they pay the fee and uh, they know where training is. I mean, somebody's going to probably have to show them where to go and they'll have to figure out what time training is, right? So uh, Nagato has trained BJJ guys in the past, and uh, I brought people in. uh, Actually, I brought people in BJJ to. to Bujinkan classes in the past myself I've uh, got one of my one of my top guys here uh, Brian McComb is a Krav Maga instructor and he teaches Krav Maga once a week here on base he also trains in the Bujinkan so yeah not a problem in a different art will uh, maybe not understand or appreciate or appreciate the training as it's being presented now because it's generally at a fairly high level and, you know, since they still doing that one finger thing and we're talking about control, which I'll talk about a little later, which is not something that people that train in another art are really going to understand or see or quite frankly, see the value in. I mean, Just look, uh, when I put a video of uh, Nagato up doing something cool at Honbu, and you get some of their reactions from people that aren't really Bujinkan, uh, going, what the hell is that? You know, bullshit jutsu or something, right? It's hard to see the value unless you're actually training training in it for a while.
0: So do we still get our Menkyo from the Honbu Dojo in Japan?
1: Yes. (laughs) And, and, you know, that whole thing in the beginning I said about the Shidoshi price, that's still going on, right? And there's a new price list. Uh, I have put that up on our page. Uh, The prices, the Shidoshi prices are the same with the following exceptions. The Shidoshi Menkyo that you get when you pass a Godan test is no longer 10,000 yen. It's 20,000 yen. That's a separate uh, Menkyo from your Godan certificate. So your Godan certificate is still 30,000 yen for fifth degree black belt. And then the new price for the Shidoshi license, one time. Is twenty thousand yen. Sixth dawn through ninth dawn, and eleventh dawn to fourteenth dawn are still thirty thousand yen, same prices they've always been. Tenth dawn is now forty thousand yen. It's no longer thirty; it's up to forty. And fifteenth dawn is now fifty thousand yen, and no longer thirty. And years pass uh, up until now. All those Promotions fifth on all the way to fifteenth were thirty thousand yen. And there is uh, there I have seen a charge for Daishi Han certificates, but those typically be whatever Soke decides. They're a donation.
0: Do you have to be a shidoshi that is, for those listening that don't know what that is, a Shidoshi is a fifth ten or above. So do you have to be a Shidoshi in order to teach Bujinkan?
1: Technically, yes. And technically, you have to be a Shidoshi in order to give rank in the Bujinkan. But... Some of you may remember there used to be something called a Shidoshi Ho, and I was one of those way back when. Uh, I was a third degree black belt, had not passed my Godon test, and I was teaching. I had my own little dojo, and so I was given a, here we go again, with memberships. I was given a Shidoshi Ho license that was an actual Menkyo. And then I paid my annual Shidoshi Kai membership fee for the one or two years that I was a Shidoshi Ho before I took the pass the Godon test. What do we have today? We don't have anything that replaced the Shidoshi Ho. What would be the purpose? Are you, are you, uh, Somehow learning Bujinkan from somebody who's not a Shidoshi. Or do you learn it over the Internet uh, or do you have a Shidoshi who is supporting you? That would be the. um, The right way to do it. If you're not a Shidoshi and you run your own little group or you're you're training in the Bujinkan and. Uh, you're not at a Shidoshi level, you're not, you haven't passed the fifth on test, then who are you training under? Uh, unless you're living here in Japan, then your answer would probably be a Shihan or shihan or somebody in whatever country you're in who is uh, your sponsor. So technically, yes, you could teach. You could train. You can't give rank, but you should be under someone, or at least under the guidance of someone. Well, I could go on and on with that one. Okay.
0: Do you know how many shidoshi there are in the world right now?
1: No clue. Thousands. That's why that's why it'd be kind of hard for me to understand somebody training in the Bujinkan that's not either a Shidoshi or training under or under the guidance of a of someone who is a Shidoshi. You know, the, in the 80s, yeah, it was uh, common. And in fact, that's why I was able to teach. I was uh, teaching in the Bujinkan. My teacher was Daron Navone, but uh, and before that, Larry Beaver and uh, Jerome wasn't there. Right. To give me daily guidance. Uh, He just uh, gave me or authorized me to have a Shidoshi Ho so that I could teach on my own and get promotions on my own without having to go to Darone, you know, to Israel for them. But those days are kind of over. I don't know. There's not many places left in the world where a Shidoshi of some sort is not fairly readily available. Cool. All right, what's next? You know, we're supposed to talk about control or something, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so the duality of control is one area, and then there was going to talk about four ways of control. So duality of control, I mentioned this, I think, last time. Sensei talks about this quite a bit. He shows various ways to control the opponent. And then he turns around and he says, but if you're so easily, he's talking to the UK, but if you're so easily controlled by me, then you're going to die. So the duality, I mean, in this context is learning how to control an opponent, but also learning how not to be controlled by someone, by an opponent. and. We always seem to be reinforcing the idea that our uke has to fail every time, right? In the Bujinkan, the uke is always the generally the junior person and they're throwing the punch and then you're doing a technique and you always win. Right. And if you don't spend an equal amount of time with your students, Uh, teaching them how to win as an UK as well, then this could be something that's subconscious to them and could possibly come out in a stressful situation or a fighting situation where they would lose, right? Because they would, you may, it's weird, but things come out under, under high stress that you just wouldn't believe. And it's not, Uh, We learn this in military and law enforcement. You have to train your people to succeed and create a good memory, a strong memory of success when doing something. Otherwise, if you create memories, you're constantly creating memories of failure, then that's going to come out when under a high stressful situation, say in combat or something. So I I kind of said this before coined this phrase a while ago, I think I might even wrote something about it, don't train your uke to fail, right? It's kind of a catchy thing, but uh, if you're an instructor, spend time with your students, teaching them not only how to succeed when they're doing a technique, but how to succeed, how to properly punch somebody, how to properly kick or attack someone, right? You need to spend time. I mean, we used to, back in the day, uh, spar with my students we would teach each other how to spar and how to take a punch uh, to the face and all that and then uh, some of you guys probably have your like your shodan test maybe a uh, long period of time of fighting a whole bunch of people right and that's that's training training your uke how to succeed right how to how to win in that situation so i don't think we spend enough time to do that and since i has been pointing this out recently to his people that jump up to punch at him or try to stab him with a knife or cut him with a sword. And he does something so simple to them where he's using like one finger to unbalance them and to take them down to the ground or, or he'll capture their, them with sake or something. And he'll turn around and say, unless, unless you figure out how not to be controlled like that, you are going to die he's specifically been pointing that out to people. And on a physical level, you see it, I see it as people attacking sensei they their way off balance or on their tippy toes when they don't hit him. They're overextending themselves. And, and they're not correcting that. Right. So I'm kind of on that kick now of if you're going to punch me, If I'm demonstrating a technique, if you're going to punch me and I move out of the way. Before I actually do something to you, you need to recognize that you've missed me. And reset your balance and either pull that punch back or start to pull it back. And or redirect it. Right. Or that sword cut. Oh, geez, I missed. Phil. don't cut all the way to the floor and hold it. Hold the sword there only cut part way through say to the shoulder level and realizing that oh i moved and then you want to start to naturally redirect your sword to cut horizontally towards the direction that i moved right those are the kind of things uh, correcting your your punch correcting your kick it's like uh, I remember in the old days like hold that kick out there let me give me a minute to get the technique on you okay keep holding it out there Well, that's wrong. And Soke doesn't need that to look good. He doesn't need you to hold your punch out there or your kick out there forever. He doesn't need you to be totally off balance to begin with in order for him to show a technique or to look good. He's pretty darn good on his own. And so he's now pointing that out to people that attack him. Hey, you're off balance. Hey. Look how easily I can control you. With one finger, I can control you. If you don't figure that out, then you're going to die. So that's the duality of control. Control and not be controlled. Now, we're doing this thing uh, where Sensei takes the knife away from somebody or takes the sword away from you while you're holding it. And it's the easiest one is uh, uh, to see. Uh, to understand, I guess, is with the, the knife because, you know, modern, n- most people aren't going to come at you with a sword today. But he, you will, Anuke will attack with a knife. They'll miss. And then they'll wait for Sensei to do something to them. And Sensei will do, uh, let's call it a technique to them. And then magically, somewhere partway through it, the, the uke will let go of the knife, and they will have it in his hand. So we've noticed that there are about four kind of ways for this to happen, and the most, the uh, easiest one to, to recognize or to see is if. Sensei makes you lose your balance, and you think you're going to fall to the ground. This came out with the skipping stones thing. Your hand will naturally want to open a little bit. It's an unconscious thing in order to take the fall. So as you're starting to fall to the ground, Typically, what most people do is open their hands to try to stop themselves, right? And uh, put their hand out. And then typically, when people fall down, they slip on ice or something. What gets broken? Their wrist. And that's because you put your hand out and try to make a stiff arm when you fall to the ground, right? It's an unconscious thing. If you train in the Bujinkan, you may, you may, it may come out that you'll want to do a break fall when you lose your balance. You know, but that's not always the case. Depends on how often you practice doing break falls. And there's a lot of factors involved. Uh, how caught off guard you are when you're falling. Right. How long it takes to fall. Uh, if you're able to get your wits about you before you hit the ground and then go, oh, yeah, I should be break falling. Right. Those kinds of things. Uh, So that's one way of control is unbalance your opponent, your uke or your partner. And at the point of imbalance, you may be able to just pull the knife out of their hand or take the knife out of their hand because they're no longer focused on holding the knife per se. They're focused a little bit more on getting their balance back or falling to the ground or something like like that. And with the skipping stones, we found that if you – start to take somebody's balance then in their mind they're thinking oh i need to step to the left in order to get my balance back and in that thought process they're not thinking about holding the knife or the gun or or firing the weapon We've, we 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 know this in ppm you get someone to say something or to think of a response when they're holding the gun on you they can't they can't it's not physical that they can think to pull the and pull the trigger and also think of a response right to answer you back with so you've got to be that no mind state in order to kind of pull the trigger if you're actively thinking of something else other than pulling the trigger then you're not going to be able to pull the trigger or hold the knife in this case when Uh, You're just not going to be thinking of, oh, okay, I got to maintain grip on the knife while I'm trying to get my balance back. While I'm wondering, what is he doing to me? All those things going on in your head. So taking the balance is one way of control. Uh, Creating pain somewhere. Mechanical compliance, right? Uh, Or pain, rather. Uh, Through pain. So, if I were to do a uh, koshi grab to your tricep while you're holding a knife on me, as that pain goes through you, depending on how you feel pain, if you feel that pain, then you're going to probably forget to hold a knife for a second, right? And then there's an opportunity for me to control you. <clears throat> And can uh, take the knife away from you in that regard by uh, if I put a finger in your eyeball, you're probably not going to be thinking so much about maintaining a good grip on the knife and cutting me as opposed to, oh, shit, that hurts. Right. And maybe wanting to put your hands to your eye or to make the pain stop in some regard. Right. Attacking me in a different way. There's the getting the attention. Is a third way of controlling someone. Uh, Maybe that's staring at you with intention, or maybe that's making a funny face, and you're going, oh, what is that all about? Or maybe that's putting one finger on on your hand. I'm getting your, and that's what Sensei does a lot of, he'll put a finger on you. And he'll touch your wrist, or he'll touch the back of your hand, or he'll touch a finger. And so he's getting your attention to that specific uh, shiten or that uh, kaname, that one point that he's using. And that focuses your attention there and less of on what you're doing on trying to cut the cut the individual or cut sensei. And then he can when you're focused on that, what is he doing with that finger? Right. And your attention is drawn to that. Finger, or what is Sensei going to do next, which is what a lot of people think they're thinking of. They're not thinking of holding the knife or cutting with the knife anymore. So that's the third way, getting the attention of the opponent. And the final one would be a non-physical and sort of like attention, but it's a Saki. Using intention and as a way to control the opponent and the easiest one that i can uh, describe for you that you probably all could understand would be godon test you know there's uh the the way to pass the godon test is to relax and let the person giving the test move you but how are they moving you are they moving you like physically Okay, maybe you can hear it. You could hear the sword coming down in time. Maybe. Typically, no, you're not able to really hear it in time. Uh, You can't see it because you're faced away and you should have your eyes closed. Right. Uh, You can't feel it because if you feel it, then you failed the test. Right. You've uh, been hit. Right? You don't get, you don't pass a test by being hit and then moving out of the way. Right? So what is that? And that is a, a non-physical or sake intention, spirit, luminosity, energy, key, whatever you want to call it, uh, whatever. Uh, whatever way you want to describe it, that makes sense to you. It's a non-physical way. And sensei does this all the time with uh, people like Shiraishi. you know, Shiraishi can't ever cut him. And it's probably because for 50 years, the only thing shiraishi's ever known is it really hurts if he, when he tries to hit sensei or cut sensei. So he gives up and, chooses not to actually cut Sensei or hit Sensei, right? And so what is that? That's a memory, uh, something, but uh, let's call it Saki. And he'll actually move his fingers a certain way now and do that. And then Shreshi will try to cut him, like draw cut with a sword, and he can't cut it. Even Sensei moves towards him. He can't cut him. So at the risk of uh, being bullshit, uh, bullshit, dough or whatever, uh, as you see on uh, YouTube, you see the old master not touching somebody. I, I, the recent one I saw was some Indonesian guys blowing on somebody, one of his students, blowing a breath on them. And they can't stand. They, have, they fall down. It's kind of a weird, but maybe he's got bad breath. But at the risk of looking sort of like that, that's um, we know that the godon test is is something non-physical. So that's the fourth way to control taking their balance, pain, attention, getting their attention and then sake or non-physical. Those are four ways that I've noticed of how you can control someone and what sensei is focusing on now. So control someone in one of those four ways or using all those and then not be controlled. That's the duality. So if you're ever punching for your teacher, don't remain off balance. If they move out of the way, I'm not telling you to actively fight your teacher or the person showing a technique. I'm telling you, make sure you don't stay off balance. And what I'm what I'm doing with my partners now, is doing this with Brian in class the other day. Was whenever you're, whenever somebody's doing the technique to me, say Sensei's doing uh, one of those finger things, as I'm going through the technique, I am looking for my own escape. I'm looking for ways to not be controlled by uh, my partner. I'm looking for my own uh, gap or opportunity to jump in and. And control them so it's kind of funny you find that I found that when say I'm thrusting with a knife and then my partner is doing whatever sensei shows as a technique and at some point in time their hand comes down to my hand and my hand opens up and they're going to take the knife I find that that's a good opportunity for me to grab that them as well so my finger may be exposed or fingers may be opening up or be exposed to them grabbing it. But that also means they are also exposed or vulnerable for me to do the same exact thing. So I'm looking for those ways of uh, turning the tables, if you will, while still being a good uke and giving a, my partner a good opportunity to train. I'm also training and not just go on blank mode and, let them do whatever they want. So those are, that's uh, something that I would encourage you guys to play with. Mark and I do this uh, with the uh, Tano Uchi thing. We'll get into a good grip with the sword or the knife. And then as the other person is doing the technique that Sensei shows on us, we'll re-grip and we'll make sure our grip is really strong. And then we found, OK, you've got to unbalance me now to get that to break that grip or cause pain or get my attention in some other way or maybe a non-physical way uh, to in order to get me to release my grip on the sword or the knife. You know, you lose that will to live kind of thing. Hopefully that's helpful for you guys. Now, those of you that are seniors uh, should, um, you know, I'd be interested to hear what your observations are. If, you, if you've if come up with some of the same ideas or conclusions of training and or doing it yourselves, uh, or if you go back and try this and, you know, what your feedback would be. All right. The next Buyukai will be on 6 May. I put a picture of, up of the, there's a little yellow or a white uh, dry eraser board now next to the little chalkboard in Hombu. Uh The chalkboard has, you know, who's teaching what class on what day, what night. But now there's a little beady dry eraser board and they put up my assumption is it's going to be another 5000 yen and it's open for anyone. Not okay. No more. No more. Will it be just for uh, Shidoshi? And uh, I plan to attend. Uh, At least now we're getting. um, a Months, almost a month's notice of when the next one will be the, the first one was kind of funny. I found out about it on uh, Tuesday night that it was going to be on Sunday, that Sunday. And I just happened to go to Tuesday night class. And since they said, oh, are you coming to uh, or no, I'm sorry, it was Friday night class. Are you going to come to Sunday? And I'm like, uh, I hadn't planned on it. Running a race with uh, Joanne. Oh, you have to come. I'm like, why? Well, you need to be there. Like, uh, OK. Yeah, so I had two days' notice, and I had to uh, race to get there. I ended up uh, was able to make it because because uh, um, the buyukai was after training, so we were looking at two o'clock in the afternoon. So I was able to do the race uh, with Joanne, and then hurry back and shower and then go to training. Uh, I missed half a training, but uh, I only had two days' notice of that one, and. I was actually the guest of honor for that, I guess, if you will. I got the Buyu show that day. That was what the whole Buyukai Kai was supposed to be about. Sensei talking about what the Buyukai Kai is in the future and giving me the Buyu show award. So it's nice now that uh, there was a little board up in there. uh, We're actually able to give people a month's notice. You I know I've already had people go, oh, well, I can't be there then, you know, like, well, you know, that's uh, he'll have these probably every couple of months. And hopefully they'll be uh, announced ahead of time, you know, with enough lead time for people to maybe change their trip and stay or come over, you know, come over later in order to attend or earlier to attend something like that. but. Uh, this won't be the last one. And uh, I believe he'll have these probably every other month or every, so maybe every couple months. Uh, he'll have maybe the next one after that you can probably think will be, what, July? July or August. So if, uh, if we hear about it ahead of time, uh, we'll... Try to make sure everybody knows with as much notice as possible. You know, at that, at the next Buyukai, he may say, okay, and then the following one will be in such, such a month. Not sure. I probably won't be here for the next one after that. So um, I retire and uh, leave Japan probably the first couple days of July.
0: Do you do much filming when you go to the different classes there in Japan? Any updates on the possible Taikai in the U.S.? Any updates on... Ha- Why isn't that recording? Hello? Hello? Any updates? Hello? Hello? Test, 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 test. Test.
1: Put <laughs> ...up on the website. What I can't do is make that available to anybody like on YouTube or uh, publicly available. Uh, as long as it's on a private site like that uh, where you have to subscribe uh, to be able to see the video, then he's okay with uh, me filming uh, training. And Nagato Sensei for, I don't know, four or five years now has allowed me to uh, film him for specifically for the website what I usually do is I give him a CD every year or DVD of all the stuff I've filmed of him throughout the course of the year. But he's allowed me to do that. And up until recently, I'm the only one that he's ever allowed to do that. So uh, I take, um, I don't want to take that for granted. um, And uh, I don't, for example, I don't ask sensei, hey, every single class, can I film you? No, it's just maybe a couple times a year I'll uh, ask to film him. And Nagato, I will try to catch his class uh, at least once a month to film what he's got going on, what he's teaching that month. So take advantage of it. You know, um, we'll we'll ensure this keeps going uh, after I retire. And, uh, you know, if, if I move away. We'll make sure this continues. Uh, We still have access to Nagato sensei and uh, to Hatsumi sensei to film, even if I'm not here. So uh, take advantage of that. You know, what I find is. When what the feedback I get is that people that are subscribing to our website use these videos as inspiration or as something to. Let's click on what somebody's doing now. What Nagato's teaching this month, and let's try that in our class. Right? You may be the dojo leader, right? And like, oh, that looks kind of cool. Let's do that double punch thing. Let's try something along those lines. And so it's good reference material and/or an inspirational material. And uh, last year we put up late last year we put up the Kyonapo and the Sanshin. And you may recall that this is a requirement that Sensei has on any 15th on has to be able to do the Kionapo and the San correctly and on call on demand. And there was the, you know, the question of like, well, which Kionapo and which San because many people learn different versions of it. You know, and through the decades, that has changed. the Kionapo and the Sanshin have changed uh, incrementally as well. So depending on when you started your training, uh, the Kionapo and the Sanshin that's being taught now is maybe quite different than what you learned way back in the day. We found that people just naturally consider the Kionapo and the Sanshin something that's very basic, and maybe you should do as a green belt. Maybe not something you want to do as a senior person or continue doing unless you're just uh, maybe teaching it. And we found that that's wrong. You have to be able to do this. And sensei requires to be a 15th on. You have to be able to do it perfectly. And as uh, you know, I've said before, Nagato, Noguchi and Seno all looked at my Kiyonapo and Sanchin and said, yep, that's perfect. That's a great way to do it so uh, having given been giving the kind of license to that mine is uh, is a is a good version <laughs> right I uh, video that and this is what I teach at homebu as a warm-up and they even since they has watched me do the Kionapo and I uh, actually saw me do some of the Sanchin just last uh, week and Uh, approves it, so that's on the website for you to see. All right, so I retire and um, we'll probably be leaving here uh, early July, uh, maybe the first week or so of July. And I think we're going to maybe do a whirlwind tour around the Asia Pacific, maybe hit Australia and New Zealand. Uh, before we go back home, uh, or we're gonna, I'm not sure, or we're gonna hit Hawaii or then go back home. And I'm not sure where that's gonna be at the moment. Um, we're still trying to figure out if uh, we're gonna be back in the Maryland area or somewhere else. Uh, I will be retired, but my wife has to keep working for a few more years for the government. So it's, We're going to go wherever they send her next. Right now, that's looking to be Maryland, but it could be somewhere else. So we well, just not going to know for maybe another month for sure uh, where that's going to be. Having said that, I'm going to have a lot of free time on my hands, and I really would like to get out uh, and see people and I would like to do some seminars, uh, kind of welcome back type seminars uh, to the States. Uh, I've lived over here again this time for three years. So I would ask you maybe folks out there in Europe, uh, America, uh, wherever, Australia, who are dialed in, South Africa, if Jason, you're still up, uh, have me down or have me out. You know, let me know. Let me know if you want to have me come do something. And I can start planning that now and uh, get my get that in the schedule. You know, I'd love to get back to Canada. I haven't been to Vancouver in many years. Uh, other people go there, you know, but I haven't been there anymore. And what, four or five years. Uh, so I'd love to get back uh, to Canada. I know I'm going to come down and see you, Jason, later in the year. But, uh, you know, what about? North Carolina? What about Australia? What about know, places that uh, I'd like to come out to see you guys? So shoot me a note if you're you have a group or if uh, you have you know, would have some interest in having me out. love to come see you.
0: Any updates on a possible kai in
1: the U.S.? Nope. I've stopped asking Sensei about the Washington Taekai. Uh, he he uh, um, he will bring it up to me when he wants me to do it. So I was asking him probably once a month for the last year and a half, two years. Actually, two years now. When he said, let's do it in 2018, I've asked him for dates and he just can't give me a date. And the last time he said he didn't know, right? Uh, it's But he reemphasized it's not it's not if, it's just when. And now that Oaksan is in uh, a nursing home, he really can't commit to a date until you know something final happens there he get some closure there. So she may uh, hopefully um, be she's being well taken care of in nursing home. She may be there for quite a long time. Right. And he's just not going to be able to uh, feel that he's able to leave the country while she's in a home. Right. So uh, it really sounds bad, but, you know, she's going to have to pass away before he's going to be able to commit to doing a Taikai somewhere or leaving the country. And, uh, you know, I, obviously I don't want that to happen. So, um, I've just pretty much stopped asking, you know, for that reason. And, uh, and funny, he's coming to our party, my retirement party. And to get in where we're having it is on a, is a military hotel in downtown Tokyo. And you have to, have an ID to get in and I asked him if he could bring his ID when he comes to the party and he says he doesn't have one. I said, what about your passport? He said, oh, that expired a long time ago. So if he were to do a taikai, he's going to have to get a new passport. <laughs> and and uh, I did not say that to him, but I think he understood that, that he would, you know, so he's not gotten a new passport. So he's not thinking about going to taikai or going out of the country anytime soon. So he's allowed his passport to expire. So that's another data point that tells me we're not having a taikai in uh, this year anyway. So I think the earliest I could probably have it would be about this time a year from now. And he did say the last time we talked about it, April would be a good time to have it. And I think that would, you know, coincide with Takamatsu, the anniversary of Takamatsu's passing maybe around the 2nd or 3rd of April, maybe next year, whatever weekend date would be around there. So if I had to say that would probably be the earliest that I could, that I could actually host it.
0: Now that you're retiring, what's next for your personal protection measures?
1: Well, I'll have uh, plenty of time now to get Sentinel International going uh, full bore. I'll, I'm going to focus more on PPM and maybe a little less on Bujinkan. Uh, although I'm not obviously not going to stop the Bujinkan training. Uh, kind of see them going hand in hand, especially since since they gave me the Minkyo, or that I do PPM from the Shinkangata Gata Minkyo years ago. So I don't see them being all that different, right? Uh, I want to focus more on developing instructors for PPM. We've got about 21 of them now, 22 instructors. Uh, That's not very many. So If you would think of like the Bujinkan, how many Shidoshi do we have in the world? Thousands, right?
0: I know you use the term PPM, but a lot of people may not know what that is. So could you explain what PPM is?
1: Personal Protective Measures Program. That's the, since they gave me a Menkyo Kaiden in Shinkangata back in 1995 and asked me to, um, as a, and validated the training that I had put together to teach government uh, people and military when they travel to high-threat countries basically a self-defense type uh, program, um, personal defensive program. And he validated the program and gave me a Menkyo Kaiden to, in order to teach it because at that point in time, I had people that were, that were going to have to teach it themselves or, or train in it that weren't in the Bujinkan. And so I needed a mechanism to be able to uh, certify them, if you will. And so since they gave me a minko in that and said, yeah, go do it, go do what you want with it. You know, you can you're now the soke of that, if you will. And so from that, from those humble beginnings, teaching it for government and the military. Uh, uh, back in 2007, uh, almost. Uh, I guess about 12 years after that, uh, in 2007, I started to teach it for the public, not just uh, military or government and, you know, employees. I had to uh, further develop the program to be a public a public program or a public course. And since then, I uh, have uh, had 22, I think, 22 instructors uh, certified to be able to teach the basic course. So PPM 1 is the basic course. It's all self-defense. defensive in nature and it's uh you know it goes everything from talking about different types of violence uh and giving you basic uh self-defense movements to uh to uh full scenario based training you know when uh presented you know when you're knocked down to the ground how do you fight your way back out off the ground defend yourself while on the ground defend yourself from impact weapons defend yourself from edge weapons firearms multiple attackers a crowd how to survive a crowd a mob right how to get through that those kinds of things you saw that picture of roy miller and uh and and dan ryer and myself uh those are Kind of poses for how to get through a crowd or uh, when you're confronted with potential violence. You know, Dan is in the uh, Dracula's cape uh, position, right? How to get through a crowd or multiple attackers as best you can while protecting uh, your vital areas. And then uh, Roy and I are in, too. He's in more of a confrontational position and I'm in more of a hmm. Looks like there could be violence getting ready to happen. Let me get my hands up and close uh, to be able to use them. So this is uh, these are three kind of postures that we uh, that we emphasize in uh, in various parts of PPM. So there's uh, PPM uh, one, which is all defense and then PPM two, which is takes uh, more uh Advanced defensive concepts but also it, it has an offensive uh, component to it so if you take the knife away from somebody how do you use a knife or if you happen to be armed with a knife and somebody multiple attackers come at you with a impact weapon or how do you use an impact weapon to your advantage if uh, you pick one up off the ground and you're confronted by a, a mob or something of that nature uh, how to use a flashlight? Uh, Firearm retention, and then we have a PPM for defensive handgun and defensive shotgun as well. And then so we have PPM one and two, and then uh, uh, unarmed and armed to include uh, handgun and shotgun. We have uh, a lot more capability, a capacity to teach uh, precision, long-range precision marksmanship, and things of that nature in uh, Ready Five another group uh, that I'm affiliated with um, and that I've allowed to uh, also teach PPM. Uh, And I'm planning to focus mostly on my Sentinel International and uh, uh, company and rolling out PPM, more traditional uh, uh, PPM out to uh, a greater audience.
0: What rank do you have to be in the Bujinkan to partake in your PPM program? Uh,
1: nothing. There is no, there is no uh, Bujinkan equivalent or rank in order to be able to get into PPM. You can do it as a. So the PPM is different in that regard. It's not a rank dependent thing. Uh, you, if you want to be an instructor in PPM, you have to come through the program no matter what rank you are in any martial art you have to come through it as a student first you have to take it as a student then you have to pass the practical exam and on the practical exam I'm really looking if you want to be an instructor I'm looking for you to you keep your not so much proficiency uh, well you, you do have to be proficient you have to be able to do the whatever we teach but Um, looking for you mostly to be able to keep your cool and keep your head about you and uh, not freak out when you're presented with a scenario, right, because it is just training. And if you pass that, then you can join in in assisting, being basically an uke, if you will, for another instructor to teach several courses, to assist them in teaching it. And then when uh, you feel you're ready and that, that whoever, whichever instructor is helping, guiding you along, feels you are ready, then you teach. You take the lead role in teaching a course yourself. And one of us, uh, one of the certified instructors will be your UK and be your assistant. And then we rate you. We evaluate you on how well you do that. And then I sit down with the potential instructor at that point, go over all the material. Uh, verbally uh, and make sure there's no questions or there's no gaps. And then uh, when I'm satisfied with that, then I certify you to be be an instructor. And then once you do, once you're certified as an instructor at whatever level, you're allowed to teach those that that course or those courses uh, all by yourself and uh, you don't owe me anything. Uh, For that, you do that on your own. Uh, uh, Certainly, if you want people to help, we will help you. But you can do that all on your own and uh, promote it or push it, uh, teach it uh, however much you want to or how little you want to. And uh, the only thing is an annual uh, research. I have an annual recertification or refresher uh, training for the instructors that I require that they go through. If you just want to train in it, then find one of the instructors. I think Brian and Brent are getting ready to do a PPM 1 course, a short course, and just join join in. I'm hoping to uh, get down to North Carolina and uh, certify Carl Cope to be able to teach PPM That's sometime this year. I think he's the only one that I know of that's like currently on the docket to uh, certify. Yeah. So that's the cool thing about PPM is uh, we use Mark McCune and, uh, and uh, Roy Miller and, and other, other people who have kind of gone before us and, uh, or uh, gone alongside. Actually, I've been doing this for about 40 years, but, (coughs) but uh We will learn from others and incorporate some of the best practices that other folks uh, have developed over time with their permission and incorporate it into our program. that's why I think uh, PPM by itself is or PPM itself is is a premier program. One, because I have tried and tested it with the government and military for a long period of time. Have thousands of people that have gone through the the actual protection program, and and we've seen the value of it. Uh, a number of people have survived uh, attacks and uh, violence uh, using the principles of PPM. And also, we continue to make ourselves better by uh, uh, joining with other folks who are are very good at what they do, and seeing where. Uh, their concepts and principles work best with what we're doing. So, yeah, great. And encourage you to attend that webinar if you're interested in violence and learning how to counter it, make yourself, uh, you know, give yourself a little more confidence and make yourself a better, stronger person. And my goal is to develop uh, as many people to be sentinels, uh, guardians as possible. Uh, give you the proper training and so not just to defend yourself, but you can go out and defend others. And that's kind of the goal. And that's really the Buyu. That's a Buyu Kai. Being a community of uh, good, uh, good people with good hearts uh, helping each other. And that's, you know, getting back to what sensei is trying to do in the Bujinkan as well. Assess, plan, act.
0: When Hatsumi-sensei retires, will we still get ranked through him?
1: Well, uh, why don't you ask that question when he retires?
0: Okay, well, thank you for joining us. That's all for today. Thank you, Daishihan Philagar Filigar for joining us as well.
1: Yeah, thank you. I hope that I've been able to answer all those questions about that you might have about membership, Shidoshikai and, and control and what's going on here in Japan.
0: Awesome. Thanks. See you later. Yep.
1: Cheers.